0: This is The 5AM Miracle, episode number 479. Everyone's got a plan until they get punched in the mouth. Good morning and welcome to The 5AM Miracle. I am Jeff Sanders and this is the podcast dedicated to dominating your day before breakfast. My goal is to help you bounce out of bed with enthusiasm, create powerful, lifelong habits, and tackle your grandest goals with extraordinary energy. In the episode this week, I'll break down what it means to have your plans derailed by outside forces, how to bounce back from unforeseen circumstances, and how to plan your life with enough margin to take a few punches and still make amazing forward progress. Let's get to it. Plans are great, until they aren't. You know, Mike Tyson's quote, which is where the episode uh, came from this week, which is that everyone's got a plan until they get punched in the mouth. Well, Mike Tyson, as a boxer and very successful one, understands what it means to have your well-laid-out plan totally squandered by the enemy, or in his case, literally being punched in the face. How do you respond when your calendar becomes basically just a list of naive fantasies, when your well-intentioned project morphs into a severely delayed set of ideas that will likely never come to fruition. In other words, when life happens, how do you respond? In the episode this week, I want to discuss how to respond proactively to life's twists and turns and, yes, punches in the mouth, if that's actually what happens. We do have more control than we realize, even in the moments when we feel like we have absolutely nothing to offer. This is a true statement. You do have control. You do have power. No, not over everything. But there is something you can do. There is always a choice you can make. There is always an opportunity in the difficulty. And that's what we're going to break down this week. If by chance you did not hear the episode from last week where I talked about David Goggin's new book, Never Finished... I recommend you check it out. Um, It does feature some adult content and graphic language, so it's not for everyone, Uh, but it is a very frank conversation that dives deep into topics very similar to this one, uh, which is about really taking life seriously and acknowledging that difficult things happen, but we have choices when those things happen. We can choose differently, and that power is hopeful. That power is is powerful because we can do something. We're not just victims to our circumstances. I think mean, that's a very powerful mantra, powerful strategy, powerful mindset, and one we're going to break down more this week. So let's get to it. Yes, everyone has a plan until they get punched in the mouth. And I want to go through a few uh, subsections here of this content to really break down uh, both kind of the background of what that means for most of us and then how we can move forward in a more effective way. So let's begin this conversation by talking about what I would call our naive vision. In other words, how we want our life and goals to work, and this is kind of the way we think, what I'm calling our inner monologue about our lives, our inner naive monologues. So this first component here, this first vision we tend to have for our lives is that we craft beautiful calendars with specific times and boundaries and goals and even fun hobbies. We set out with ideal intentions to design our lives on paper in a way that if these things worked out, wouldn't life be wonderful? From my view, the inner monologue, the thing you're thinking, the subtext here is I believe I control my time. Right? Which sounds kind of funny to me because this has been my belief for a long time that I'm in control. I've got this. Of course, we all know reality is it's highly unlikely that you are in total control of your own time. There are outside forces, which we'll get to in a second. The second uh, tends to be naive vision here is that we write detailed project action lists from A to Z, which I teach, by the way, on this podcast into my course. I'm all about this. But we create these project lists that cover every necessary step of a project with the intention, the inner monologue voice here saying, I believe I can foresee the future, and I know every required action to get what I want. Which, of course, is kind of hysterical, because the one thing that comes very true over time is that, no, we can't see the future. No, we don't know what's going to happen next. There's a reason why, for years, I've talked about the idea that Annual goal setting, 12-month-long goals are silly and a waste of time. It's because we don't have any control over the long-term future. We barely have control over today, let alone months into the future, years into the future. So this idea we can predict the future with every required action and pivot point is just silly on its face. The third naive vision is when we publicly announce our ambitious goals. We tell the world, hey, here I am on day one, and I'm going to share my vision all the way to the finish line, and you're going to experience all my success the whole way through, and here it is on Instagram. Here's my life, which I find kind of funny because the public announcement of goals in almost every case backfires. Our inner monologue that's going on here is I believe that telling others about my goals and successes will make me look better and will actually allow me to achieve more, both of which I believe are false statements. My personal take on this, which we'll get to in a little bit, is that public announcements of ambitious goals tend to be the wrong direction to go, right? We tend to undervalue and underestimate and underperform When we put our goals out for the world to then criticize and judge most of the time, the best successes in our lives come from us just doing the thing, not from us telling someone else about the thing we plan to do. These inner monologues we have, these naive visions, what these are really saying is I believe I control my life. I believe that I can foresee the future. I believe that I can do all of these things, tell the world about it, and I can go live out that story because my life is my choice. Here we go. The reason why I find this whole thing kind of silly and naive is because this was my perspective. All of these inner monologues, those were my thoughts from years ago. All of this was the way that I have thought, and I still have these thoughts today frequently until life hits me in the mouth, until I get punched in the face. Every single day, (laughs) because nearly every single day our plans get squandered. I'll use today as a great example of that. Uh, I was discussing uh, two weeks ago in the podcast about how I am batching much more of my life. One of those examples is my podcast production schedule, which I am batching and I have Monday set aside for scripting and pre-production and Tuesdays for recording and Wednesdays for my editing. And I'm doing four episodes in those three days. It's a very specific production schedule. Well, I had that plan laid out right for this week that I'm in right now for this batching session. Today being Tuesday is the recording day. Wonderful. Guess what happened? We had some bad weather in Tennessee. My daughter's daycare had a delayed opening by three hours. My recording schedule got bumped back by three hours. I'm still doing it. It's still going to happen. But it was a reminder to me literally today talking about this idea that I control my time being a false statement. I don't control my time. I am reacting and hopefully proactively responding to my life in a way that is still the most helpful for my goals to be achieved, which we'll get to in a second, but this is a prime example of like, I'm literally talking about being punched in the face by things you don't control and the weather negatively affected my goals today because I don't control the weather. (laughs) I don't control my daughter's daycare. That's just how this goes. So these inner monologues we have about this belief of I can do this, there are real-life limitations to what that means. And so my intention every single week in this show when I say you have the power to change your life, that is true. But like everything in the world, it is true in context. It is true with reality baked in, right? It's not just a singular, naive vision statement. This is a real-life statement with real-life examples and real-life mouth punches. And then we are tasked with responding in the most appropriate way that we can to get the goal achieved that we set out to achieve. That's what this is. It's living and reacting in the real world. What if in 2024, you got a little bit better every day? When you're learning a new language with my sponsor, Babbel, that's exactly what you're doing. And if Babbel can help you start speaking a new language in just three weeks, imagine what you could do in a full year. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Finally achieve your new language goal in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Babbel's convenient courses have helped me to learn real-life conversation skills in German, including ordering food and asking for directions without having to rely on language apps while traveling. Babbel has over 16 million subscriptions sold. Plus, all of Babbel's 14 award-winning language courses are backed by their 20-day money-back guarantee. Now, here's a special limited-time deal for my listeners. Right now, get 55% off your Babbel subscription, but only for my listeners at babbel.com slash 5am. Get 55% off at babbel.com slash 5am, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash 5am. Rules and restrictions may apply. So let's go to that now from this naive vision to what I'm calling our harsh reality, which is how our life and goals tend to turn out. And the first example of this is that our calendars, from my perspective, are very beautiful fantasies that rarely resemble actual reality in the past tense because our plans are derailed for a variety of reasons. The second that we commit to them, let me use the example here of the weekly review. Every single week I do a review, and I've discussed that many times in this podcast, that I spend at least an hour to two hours on Sunday evenings planning out my next week. But a big part of that is reviewing the previous week. Well, if you were to look at my reviews, look at the ones I've done in the past and say, well, you know, two months ago on a random Sunday, I planned to do projects X, Y, and Z. How did that turn out? How did my vision align to reality in the past tense? Now that it's over, I can both see what I thought was going to happen and what actually happened. And those two things, most of the time, look very different. They just don't look like my plans. It is fascinating how different those things are. Now, yes, we have plenty of days in our lives where our plans actually turn out, and that's wonderful, but I view that as a fluke. (laughs) I view that as a happy accident not the norm. So it becomes a challenge of how do we change the inner monologue to acknowledge reality that my plans becoming derailed by outside forces, though they make me want to quit and never try again, how do I pivot that? How do I turn that around and say, instead of just giving up because I don't control all these forces, how do I shift that to one of I do have control and here's how I choose to respond? Second aspect here of the harsh realities is our project action lists. They tend to fail. They fail to include major obstacles that we could have seen coming, and they certainly fail of the things we can't predict. This, once again, flows into the idea that I don't set annual goals because I'm going to have to pivot so many times. It's very difficult to see a goal through for 12 solid months and have it work out successfully in the way that I thought that it would. I mean, if a single week won't turn out how I planned, how will a year? Our inner monologue in this example of trying to foresee these projects through is, you know, my inability to predict the future makes planning so challenging that the smallest of projects may take years to complete. And my biggest goals, man, they're they're dead in the water. What we tend to then lean on is saying, once again, I quit. I give up. This is too hard, right? These difficult challenges, these things I can't predict, man, I'm just, I'm done. I opt out. Which, of course, is not the right answer because that is a guaranteed fail. The inaction is the guaranteed fail. So we're not going that direction. Now, the third and final harsh reality is our public personas. These things that we put out into the world, these Instagram pictures, our Facebook profiles, our resumes, These public personas rarely match our authentic lives. And in some cases, it can actually pain us to live a lie day in and day out. When there's a mismatch between what you're putting out into the world and how you actually live, it is painful. It's literally living a lie. You know, one of the things that I have found to be incredibly therapeutic and also very valuable is producing this podcast. And the reason why I say that is because of what I'm sharing right now, which is real life stories of my flaws, my mistakes, my line of thinking that were just totally off base. One of the things that is very helpful when you feel like your public life and your private life don't align is to live your public life with more authenticity and to so just be yourself. To just be a real human being, to be out there in the world in a way that is authentic and genuine and beautiful, right? It is loving yourself in a way that is allowing you to be more comfortable, to take the edge off, and then to actually get better results because of it. know, one of the inner monologues we tend to have when we're thinking about our public personas is that all of my friends and, let's say, colleagues in my industry, Well, they're all way more successful than I am, and I can't live up to their standards. I am inadequate. Trying to keep up with other people isn't the goal. Trying to match a public persona that is fake to your private life is exhausting. (laughs) That is not the goal. Once again, this is trying to align what we think our life will look like and what it actually looks like. And the mismatch there is a problem. So now the question comes in, what is the responsive approach? What do you do after you have been punched in the mouth? And then we'll get from there to how to actually build a life that can take punches in the future. So I've got three possible uh, strategies here you can apply uh, to be more responsive, to say, okay, yes, uh, an unforeseen circumstance took place. Uh, I just got punched in the mouth. Something bad just happened. What am I going to do about it? You know, the weather just derailed my plans today. What am I going to do about it? Step one is breathe. When really bad things happen, one thing we tend to not do is just feel the emotion of the punch. We tend to not want to allow reality to sink in. One tendency I know for myself is to get instantly defensive and angry and dismissive and try to move on really fast. Just jump to the next action, right? I'm a productivity guy, right? I'm going to do the next thing, check the next box. I'm ambitious, that's fine, right? But I'm also human. And when you feel the gravity of a real difficult situation, that becomes such a valuable first step. To breathe and cry or yell, or scream, or punch a pillow, right? To emote with the negative experience is such a therapeutic first step. And one thing that I am terrible at, of all the things I could improve on, this is absolutely the the, the one, because I just tend to skip this step. But if you don't, if you actually feel it, one thing that you will notice almost instantly is that the problem that just occurred, you realize in your brain, It's not as bad as you thought. There is a way out of this. The pause, the breath, the margin you give yourself to experience the emotion, what it actually leads to is a more realistic perspective of where you are and oftentimes an acknowledgement that the problem isn't as bad as you think and there is a way out of it. I find this to be very uplifting, very hopeful. Because this is where you can take the reins back, take control back from something that just happened to you that maybe you didn't control at all. Second step in this process to be more responsive is to share your experience with someone you trust. I'm also bad at this one. Not quite as bad, but still bad. Which is that we all know getting punched sucks. We all know that it's bad to experience bad things. However, it is so much easier if you're getting punched side-by-side side with someone else is getting punched. It's just somehow we have this community perspective that if I'm going through something bad, but so is my spouse, so is my neighbor, so is my coworker, then all of a sudden it seems less painful. I'm not exactly sure the you know the psychology behind that, but one thing I will say that is helpful is regardless of whether someone else is experiencing your pain or not, a great next step, is for you to share your experience with someone you trust, to tell them about it. One thing that I tend to do as a, maybe it's an Americanism of, me, of my own or my productivity ambitious self, is I tend to want to to do things by myself. I tend to lean towards the solo approach to most things. And in general, I think it's good. But there are plenty of examples of it being the wrong approach because taking life as a solo pursuit is not only less effective long-term, it's also lonely and it's also ineffective when you're experiencing trauma, when you're experiencing difficult gut punches. It is such a better, healthier, and faster solution to share your experience with someone else, to get it off your chest, and then to actually move forward. Which brings us to the third step, to be more responsive, which is to identify the opportunity that exists. Every bad scenario has an opportunity. I have shared this quote a billion times in this podcast. I'm going to do it again. Here it comes. Albert Einstein's quote, in the middle of difficulty lies opportunity. In the middle of a punch to the face, you have a chance to do something that is good. There is something to be gained from the experience. Your mission, your goal in every single one of these scenarios is to find the opportunity, seek it out, get creative if you have to, And then take action based upon your new creative decision about your next direction, your next pivot, based upon what just happened. Let me go back to the example of this morning. When the weather derailed my plans for my daughter's daycare to open by three hours, what did I do? Well, I decided to postpone my recordings by three hours. But then when they started, I did them anyway. Yes, I chose to skip lunch. That was one of my choices to make sure these recordings got done. But it's fine. I'm not going to starve in one day. I'm going to do my recordings and move on. I took a temporary sacrifice, I'm achieving the objective, and off I go. It can be as simple as that. It doesn't have to be something extraordinarily dramatic. Oftentimes, the simplest solutions are the best ones anyway. So our response to difficult challenges oftentimes can be boiled down to a simple decision. A simple choice that will allow us to regain enough mental control that we feel like we're back in the game. And here we go. Fast forward to the end of 2024 and think about your goals. What can you do right now to give yourself the best chance of succeeding? If you want to learn a new language, you absolutely should check out my sponsor, Babbel. Finally achieve your new language goal in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Babbel has over 16 million subscriptions sold, and studies from Yale, Michigan State University, and others continue to prove Babbel is better. One study found that using Babbel for 15 hours is equivalent to a full semester at college. Get 55% off at babbel.com slash 5am, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash 5am. Rules and restrictions may apply. So all of those strategies were geared towards responding to something negative. But you may say, well, Jeff, right now my life is actually fine. Uh, No one's punched me in the face recently. (laughs) I'm feeling okay. Well, how do you take a more proactive approach to prevent some punches, but more importantly, to build a life that can take more punches, to actually be in a scenario where, yeah, we know bad things are going to happen, and when they happen, not if, but when they happen, I'm ready. I've got the skills. I've got the resources. I've got what I need. Bring it on. Let's go back once again to David uh, Goggins' book that I just discussed in the show, which is that perspective, right? Bad things are going to happen. Let's get after it. Let's go be more proactive. Let's go make things better than they possibly could be, especially with the attitude that I'm kind of screwed here, which is what we tend to lean towards. So with this idea of being proactive, the first strategy here, and this is one that's going to sound counterintuitive, is knowing full well that bad things can happen, pursue ambitious goals Anyway, that's right. This is not an outlet to say I get to let go of. It's not an excuse to say, well, because bad things happen, forget those big, ambitious goals. I'm fine to stick with my smaller goals that allow me to survive every day and get through life. I'm not interested in survival. I'm not interested in just getting by. I'm interested in pursuing things that challenge me on an epic level because that's where the epic results come from. For me personally, that's where my biggest joys come from, my biggest you know, satisfactory pat on the back where I can look at my life from the rearview mirror and say, oh my gosh, those big amazing things took place and they only took place because I was willing, despite my current reality, to pursue something that sounded a bit nutty, a bit crazy, a bit out there. That ambitious desire for more in the face of challenges is, it's a difficult choice to make. But from my perspective, it is the only option because the other possibility, I mean, there's more than one, but if you don't choose the ambitious route, the other fork in the road is a smaller set of objectives, a smaller set of goals with smaller results. And if you're experiencing difficult challenges, uh, I think the end result there is going to be less satisfying. But the general nature of this is I'm going to pursue ambitious goals anyway, because that's who I am. That's what I want. Getting punched in the mouth is not an excuse to stop trying and the time's going to pass anyway. So I may as well take on something extraordinary and see what happens. The second proactive approach is to build in margin as often as you possibly can. One of the best ways to prepare for the unexpected is to give enough time and cushion to your life to take those kinds of punches. So once again, this morning's example, when the weather derailed my recordings, it didn't prevent me from doing them. It just simply changed the schedule a little bit and they're happening anyway, just on a different time frame. If you overprogram your life, if your calendar is filled to the brim with every activity under the sun, and you have no margin, you have no cushion, you are basically begging for problems. You are basically actively pursuing the craziest, most chaotic mess imaginable, and of course, that ideal calendar will not turn out. But your ideal calendar can turn out if there's plenty of cushion, plenty of margin, plenty of wiggle room for those unexpected activities and circumstances that would have derailed a previous plan. But your new plan is smarter. It's more strategic. It's more baked into, yes, the ambitious goals and, yes, reality. And those two things meet in the middle to create your ideal actual life. Not theoretical life, but your actual life that you live out. So when you build in margin at every step, my usual intention is to cut everything I can that is unrelated to the goal, to be more specific and more dialed in to what I am pursuing to the exclusion of everything else. One really easy way to prevent disaster is to not overwhelm yourself, to not take on too much. Oftentimes, the biggest challenges that we face are self-imposed. That's an important point. Let me say it one more time. Oftentimes, the biggest challenges in our lives are self-imposed. And if you can create a life, craft a calendar that acknowledges that reality and actually work around it and have the margin necessary, it's going to be fine. You're going to have what you need to handle the next punch. The final action step here, the final way to be more proactive is to strengthen your resolve. And by that, I mean, you want to kind of harden yourself. Mentally, emotionally, physically, be tougher. I guess it's the best way to put it. Um, I'm saying this from the perspective of when I have worked out vigorously, when I have trained for marathons, sort of endurance sports, but also gone to the gym and lifted heavy weights or sat in the sauna and sweated just until I thought I was going to die, when I have pushed myself physically, it changes me. Another example, when I have read a lot of books, learned new skills, taken on new business pursuits, put myself into scary scenarios, things that freaked me out, but to do so on purpose, I strengthen my resolve. I strengthen my character. To literally jump out of an airplane, which I have done, and to this day is the scariest thing I've ever done, that type of activity will strengthen your resolve in ways you cannot imagine. And if your goal is to be more prepared for the future, even for the things you don't see coming, you want to train for that. You don't have to go to the gym to train for an event. The event itself could be your life. The event could be a future possible bad thing. You could be training to handle the next bad thing you don't even know is coming yet. Because that's a proactive approach to life, is the acknowledgement that bad things can and do happen, and we may as well take on ambitious goals, prepare for the worst, hope for the best, and kick butt every day. That's a pretty good phrase right there. Write that down somewhere. Okay, so that's the thing, right? That's what we're after. We want to create a life where we are prepared, but we're also ambitious and having fun and improving and growing. And all these things come together. The pursuit of more, the pursuit of strengthening you and the things you do, it automatically makes you more prepared for difficult things. It comes with the territory. Ambitious, high-achieving people are more prepared for difficult challenges because they're taking them on voluntarily anyway. They're already doing it. So when the bad thing comes in, you didn't see coming. It's just like, well, whatever. It's just the next thing on the list. Let's take it on. Here we go. It's not a big deal you're lowering the bar of that bad thing to not so bad or not bad at all. And that, from my perspective is a pretty cool way to live a a way to live that says, you know what? I do have this. I do have what it takes. And for the action step this week, expect the unexpected. Yes. Problems are predictable. You can craft a life that is both progressive and responsive. Productivity is about more than achieving your goals, it's also about proactively responding to every curveball, every punch in the face, every derailment along the way. Building resilience to these forces is an incredibly great use of your time, and you can start by setting bigger goals and intentionally scheduling margin on your calendar. It's simple, but far from easy jeffsanders.com slash 479 is the place to go for episode notes. And of course, subscribe to this podcast or follow in Apple Podcasts and Spotify. And also go to jeffsanders.com slash subscribe to see more apps available to download this show. And that's all I've got for you here on the 5 a.m. Miracle Podcast this week. Until next time, you have the power to change your life. And the fun begins bright and early.